welcome back to Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast. My name is Susan Arantanen, and I developed a modern method for employer branding called the Magnetic Employer Branding Method. And I teach how to build a modern employer brand at Talent Marketing School for aspiring talent marketing bros like yourself. Now, for the past two weeks in this podcast, we've talked about target audiences in talent marketing and more specifically in recruitment marketing and employer branding. And the topic of how to choose your target audiences for employer branding is probably one of the most difficult ones in strategic employer branding. And the other is how to set goals and choose the right metrics to measure the success, but That's a topic for another time and place. In this episode of the Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast, I share with you a few tips when it comes to making the right decisions about who belongs to your target audiences for employer branding and who do you then leave out. Because you cannot choose everybody. And if you want to know why not, go back to last week's episode number 84, in which I answered that question. So are you ready to talk about how to choose your target talent audiences? Now, I'm going to approach this topic with the three key questions that you need to answer to when you are starting out making those decisions and choosing your target audiences for employer branding. Now, maybe you remember from many of my previous episodes, employer branding is a long game. I reference to it being like a marathon compared to recruitment marketing, which is like a sprint. And you should also not confuse recruitment marketing with recruiting. In the long game of employer branding, you are planting the seeds and cultivating the growing blooms until they become ready to be picked. And as you know, this takes time. My recommended time frame for your mind is something like one to three years, depending on your strategy, the actions you choose, and the budget that you have, the commitment that you can actually make on uh, executing your employer branding strategy. And uh, if we reference back to this gardening theme, any uh, the only thing that grows really fast and over the night are weeds. So you want to make sure that you are planting the seeds and cultivating the growing blooms of actual flowers and fruits. So you can collect fruits of your labor earlier. The more targeted you are, the better and more active plan you have and the better you optimize this so-called funnel or journey from the start to the end. And if your game plan is more, let's say, more easygoing and you don't have resources uh, to actually execute you know, activities on a weekly uh, level, uh, but you can still commit to consistent delivery, most of your fruits won't be ready in a year. They are probably more likely to be ready in two or three years. So just so that you know that, you know, the more you put in, the more, you know, fruits of your labor you're able to collect and probably also some of them become uh, ready earlier. Also, I think it's important to know that the more you make your employer branding a systematic and repeatable routine, you can expect to harvest more than once. And that's the problem. What 
I, you know, with campaign thinking or project thinking, uh, campaigns and projects really deliver you a harvest just once, if even then. Uh, and so you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do execute employer branding to its fullest potential. Uh, so if you want to harvest more than once, you need a systematic and repeatable routine, which is what my method also offers. So keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, then to these three questions. So question number one, when it comes to helping you to make those difficult uh, choices, who are your audiences for, who are your target audiences for employee branding? Uh, Question number one, who are your strategically important talent audiences? Now, that's a bit of a difficult uh, term there. Strategically important talent audiences. Now, strategically important means key talent to your business. Those talents uh, your business cannot operate without or else you would risk not delivering your business goals or maybe uh, you can even end up out of business because you don't have the key talent. And if you are unsure of what talent means, it doesn't necessarily mean a person. Uh, It refers to a skill. But oftentimes we all know, especially if we work in leadership roles, we all know that uh, even if two people have the same skills and competencies, uh, oftentimes the attitude and their behavior is like the, you know, the super important extra that separates them from each other. And you just get much more out of the other key talent than you would from the other. So oftentimes the strategically important talents for a business are people, specific people who have the right kind of an attitude, frame of mind, values, way of work and skills and potential. So that's the starting point. Uh, You first need to identify who are your strategically important talent audiences. And when you do this, uh, it helps if you sort of think about who are your strategically important talents that are already on your payroll and then sort of use them as your reference point uh, of, you know, uh, building a comprehension of, uh, of the audience that you're thinking about. So that would be the starting point. So as an example, if you are a sales company, your business cannot do without great sales talent. If you are a product development company, your business cannot do without great product development talent. If you are a marketing company, your business cannot do without great marketing talent. If you are an accountancy firm, your business cannot do without qualified accountants. And if you are an education company, your business cannot do without the educators who have the information your company sells. So not everybody working in your organization is in your strategically important talent audience. This does not mean that they are not important. Of course, everybody your company pays salary to are incremental and important as individuals and in their role. They are all uh, in your recruitment marketing audience too and in in your talent acquisition audiences, but they are not all in your employer branding audience. When you start listing your audiences, don't look at this uh, time like you would, uh, you know, look at uh, choosing your audiences for recruiting. 
Uh, remember, this is a long game, and the impact of real employer branding starts to take place probably earliest about 12 months after you started to execute your great plan. And how long does it take for, for you to actually do the plan? So if you look at what your company is hiring today, you'll be making a plan based on historical information. So you want to think about who are the strategically important talents, the skills and the types of people that your company needs in about earliest in about a year's time, because you want to make a plan for that and for those audiences. Now, oftentimes it could be the same people that you're already hiring, but I have to say that uh, over the past uh, decade, uh, with most of our, our most of our clients, we've noticed that literally, as said, most of them are in some kind of a business transformation, whether it's a, stra- a strategy, uh, you know, new strategy uh, implementation, or whether the entire business has transformed because of the digitalization or uh, the pandemic or something like that. So oftentimes, uh, many organizations are actually not hiring that much the talent that they used to and their sort of talent talent uh, uh, needs have shifted or even changed completely. So you want to make sure that you're not uh, building your employee brand strategy on the assumption that in a year's time or two years time or three years time, you're still going to be hiring the people that you have hired thus far to this date. Because then you're going to build a brand that is outdated by the time that it starts to evolve because it's a long game and you won't have a brand tomorrow. So you simply need to do your homework and become familiar with your business strategy. Look for things like what are the key strategic emphasis, but the most important focus areas your business in the next two, three years. Is your business going to start acquiring new businesses? Is your business branching out and developing new innovations? Is your business branching out and opening a new market? Those are examples of strategic uh, focus areas. And those obviously impact what kind of talent your business will need in the next coming years to deliver those goals in those focus areas. And, And then, you know, ask yourself, are any of those related to our workforce, the existing knowledge and skills, or do you need to hire totally new skills and experience? And if you do, does it look like you will need to hire a lot of it? Or is it just going to be one or two or a couple of people, which you then don't actually build an employee brand for, you know, for a couple of people? Are any of those related to completely new business areas and require you to hire new staff in a location or even a country where you have no existing employer awareness? Now, these are the kinds of questions you need to ask yourself when you do your homework. If you don't know, if you can't answer the questions that you ask yourself, ask your boss, ask your business division leads, ask ask your finance, finance department, ask Anybody in your organization who knows a lot of, who's like deep in involved uh, with the business strategy and, and understands, you know, what your business is about to do. And by the way, you're gonna you're gonna look like really professional when you're gonna go and ask that those kind of questions. So just as a tip for yourself as well. And do your homework before you just start making decisions and then end up with the wrong audience. Really important. Now, going back to the str- that that uh, strategically important, gosh, it's such a uh, uh, <laughs> such a big word that even my tongue is going to get twisted. 
Going back to strategically important, it means that what your company focuses strategically to achieve over the next couple of years is going to require some specific talents, be it skills, capabilities, attitudes, experiences, networks, you know, whatever, qualifications. And then you will need to see whether you already have those capabilities or not. And if you don't have those strategic capabilities, then you need to figure out, uh, are they going to get hired or is it is your game plan to educate your existing staff? If the likely game plan is to hire those new strategic capabilities then next year, you better hurry up to start building your employer brand in that audience because you need at least 12 months to confirm them and, and uh, you know, convert, confirm and convert them uh, before the actual hiring starts. And if you don't have that much time, you need to make a relentless game plan to start with employer branding activities and connect that with recruitment marketing activities way before you post the job for any roles in that group. And if you need to hire those tomorrow, then use a headhunter. So the role of employer branding is to plant the seeds and cultivate your field in that specific target talent market in line with your strategic uh, strategic needs until your hiring, until your talent acquisition is ready to go and harvested. So the employer branding plants the seeds and cultivates the blooms until the talent acquisition is ready to go and harvest. So this is where you start. You need to know what talent your business cannot do without to successfully meet the strategic business goals in about two years' time from you starting to make your employer brand plan. Which then takes us to question number two. Can you group together some of these talent audiences? And you can. That's the answer. Because in employer branding, you're not targeting your messages to titles and roles, but the people who will become compelled to join your story and become a contributor to what your company wants to achieve you know, your mission, your vision, your purpose, your customer promise. Now, I know from experience when you start doing this, you're likely to end up with a longer list. It's hard to come up with just one audience. It's difficult to wrap our heads around the fact that employer branding is not recruiting and not recruitment marketing. And our audiences are not the same recruitment profiles who make up our audiences in recruitment marketing. But once you have your homework done, just start making a long list first and then just shorten it as long as your list is only about two to three audiences long. This is the right process to get there. And bear in mind that regardless of how big of a company you work for, you still need to end up with maximum of four strategic target audiences. Yes, even and especially for the biggest corporations, the number of employer branding target audiences should not exceed four, no matter what, because you do not have the adequate resources to cover more than four groups in ways that it would be effective enough to deliver measurable value back to your organization. Again, if you did not listen to episode 83 the other week, listen to it to, for this to make more sense to you. Now, in this process of shortening, shortening your list of who makes it, to your employer brand strategy as your key target audiences, what you do is keep asking yourself, which audience is truly important strategically? And which audience is more important strategically than the other? 
until you no longer are able to cross out anyone. And if you now have at most four, then great. I doubt that you will. So if you still have more than four, then you just need to start grouping, segmenting with the bigger pencil. And that would start with the question, how can I group these audiences or some of the, these audiences together so that they become one bigger group? The segment you come up with or segments that you come up with must still make sense both to your company and for those people. So you don't just group people together that have nothing in common in between them. They need to have something significant enough in, in common uh, so that it makes sense that you're going to group them. For example, when at HR, we call HR, finance, IT, marketing, and communication the support functions, that's segmenting. And that makes sense both to business and to them. They all work in functions in which they may not be directly in touch with the end user or the end client, but what they do daily helps those people who are in touch with the customer to succeed better in that. Or you could segment together all of the people who develop your product from R&D to design to actual developers, because what connects them is the product that must solve the customer problem. You just need to stop limiting yourself with recruitment profiles when you step into the employee branding game, because this is not recruiting or recruitment marketing. This is about building a brand that positions your company as an employer and as a place to work as a specific kind or type of option, clearly different to the others who want to hire the same key talent. And it makes the most sense that your employer brand is connected to your business purpose, mission, and the problem that you solve for your customers, because then the entire company story is one story. And then we come to the final question, question number three. Can you keep regrouping these people until you have just one or two left? Yes, this truly is the final question. Your employer brand will have maximum impact when uh, it's targeted to just one or two audiences. And you can achieve this when the connecting element is your mission or your ultimate customer promise. I know. If you truly want to create an employer brand that has a huge impact on your reputation and especially on your company's success, it pays out for you to step out of your comfort zone and start thinking about leveling up with employer branding. And if you can do this, it is actually a reflection of your own personal talent as an employer branding practitioner or manager. So you want to do that for yourself as well. So you need to be willing to do this homework. Otherwise, you might feel like you put a lot of effort in, in this all, but you, but all that you get out was some fluff that had no effect on your reputation, on your annual hiring success, on how your existing employees commit to deliver your customer promise, how your people, your employees choose your company as their place to work over and over again during their employmentship. I mean... If this feels like too much right now, cross over the plan to do employer branding well and focus on proper recruitment marketing strategy that targets the active job seekers who match your recruitment profiles. Because this can be a lot. But I'm here to in inform you, inspire you, and educate you. So why not come back 
next week with another episode on the Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and I teach modern talent marketing and employer branding online at Talent Marketing School. And if you want to find out about or, you know, get a summary of this, I think, pretty heavy information on this episode, go to modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast eight, the uh, show notes article. Alrighty, I'll be back next week and I hope you are too. Moi moi!